Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. So we had been discussing chapter 13, Kshetra, Kshetragna, Vibhag Yoga. Yoga of differentiation between the field and its knower. So the quest in our life is to know is there an entity which knows that I exist. I know I exist as this body because of the identification with this body. I exist as my mind and I exist as my intellect. But is the existence beyond this existence of this body, mind and intellect. So that's the quest in our life, which is what we call immortality. After this body is destroyed, mind is destroyed, intellect is destroyed, will there be existence? That's the question. So we had been learning from Bhagavan from chapter 1 through 12, we have learned that, yes, there is something which remains in existence, even when these three are not existent. And that we call our Supreme Self, and this we call a limited self. All and through, we have learned one thing and one thing alone. Bhagavan kept continued to saying that, no matter whichever way you look at it, it is my existence alone. Even this limited existence is none other than my own existence. Everything which you see, is nothing but me alone. Then chapter 10, which was Vibhuti Yoga, the divine glories, Bhagavan said that everything that you see in this world is me, but my presence can only be felt in perfection. Everybody can be a singer, but I only recognize the good singing when somebody is singing in a perfect sruti and perfect tao. That's the time I enjoy the music. So Bhagavan said that's where you will recognize my presence. But in the same chapter, he came back and said that all these qualities which are contradictory to each other you see in this world, they're all mine. It is not that I am in fear, but not in fearlessness. So in chapter 10, we have learned in verse 4 and 5, he defined that buddhihi, jnana, asammoha, kshama, satyam, dhamma, shamaha, sukham, dukham, bhava, abhava, bhaya, Abhaya, they all contradict each other. Ahinsa, samata, tustihi, tapa, dana, yasaha, ayasaha. Bhavanti, bhava, bhutana, matteva, prathagvidaha. They manifest in people different ways, but they're all my qualities. I am the efficient cause, and all the qualities and things and beings which you see are the effects. Depending on the equipment, the effect may be different. We have been discussing this classical example of electricity and bulb. Depending on the bulb, the manifestation will be different. But all the manifestations are of the same source. 
So we had been learning that everything which I see, the hunted and the hunter, both are expression of the same entity. But he said, not only the hunter, hunter, the savior of the hunted from the hunter is also me. Hunter is exhibiting the lower qualities, the savior is exhibiting the higher qualities. That's the only difference. There is none that is not me. We want to divide our world into divine and devilish. This is good, this is bad. But one continues to tell us that that's not the case. The world as you see is my own expression. So in this chapter 13, we are going a step further. In chapter 10, he said, all qualities are mine. Yasa, apayasa, you know, fear, fearlessness, they're all mine. Now he says there is a difference between the two, which is what this chapter is all about. Say, kshetra, kshetra, gna. The field and its knower. The field is this jagat. The field is the world of my experiences. And there we included everything that we know. My body, my mind, my intellect, idam sariram. The 24 expressions of prakriti that he included in the idam sariram. Then he says the modifications of them. Modification, expressions as we experience. Sukham, dukham, all these are expressions of the field. With the vikaras, vikara is the modification. Elements in their own form, when they come together with each other, all this 24, which is in his 10 senses, five sense objects, mind, intellect, buddhi, five great elements, all this when they're interacting with each other, what comes out are the vikaras, are the modifications, which we experience, sukha dukha. So they're part of this field. They're inherent in the field and cannot be avoided. So that famous Gujarati Poem said, Sukhadukha manamana aniye ghatasatere ghadiyajo. They are embodied in the field itself, that the very expression of the self that cannot be avoided. As long as we are part of this world, they will be there. But then it says, You can recognize the knower who is distinctly different from the field. So then we have seen these 20 qualities which are the qualities of the knower. As we have seen previously, there are divine qualities and devilish qualities. Divine are expressing the higher self, others are expressing the lower self. But both are belonging to the same supreme being. Here we are going a step a little further in our analysis and say, what is it that makes me unhappy and happy? You say, that's part of the prakriti. As long as you are bound by this prakriti, in other words, as long as I'm identified with this body, this mind, this intellect, these are bound to occur. That cannot be talayate koina navatale, it cannot be avoided, no matter how hard you try. We have all this mitigating plan. Invest in your four oh one K well no put in mutual funds and then no no put some in the bonds. Eventually we realized that there was no really a foolproof formula. No matter what you do, you are going to lose somewhere and you are going to win somewhere. As long as you keep equal-minded, therefore they said monthly contribution, even mindedly, no matter where the market is, you put your 401k in it. As long as you have that discipline, he said, in the end you will be the winner. 
Bhagavan says same thing, Sukha Dukkha, even mindedly, you keep doing your work, no matter what the circumstances are, then you will be the winner in the end. You will be okay. So we have seen these qualities of the fields, and now we know what the field is. The knower we have defined by 20 qualities. These qualities can be considered as prerequisites to recognize the self. But on the other hand, these are actually the qualities of the knower himself. When knower is shining through you, all these qualities which you have been learning for last few weeks will be exhibited. So when you see these qualities, recognize that this is the manifestation of the knower who is distinctly different from the field. Prakriti binds me, so I get attached to my putra, gruhadara, adishu. That's the attachment. The attachment is created by Prakriti. But detachment is created by the knower. Therefore, all of us who came here, our parents were too attached to us you know, as, as children. But they gladly even though they were sad that you're going to leave their home, they gladly let you come. Probably they knew we will never go back. We will probably not write to them on a monthly basis. But because their true love for you, which is the expression of the knower, attachment wants you to keep with them, knower said, no, let him go. Let him make his own progress as an individual. So these qualities we have been looking at, are the knower's quality. One binds you to this prakriti, other liberates you from this prakriti. But the field is no different than the knower. The field is also my expression. And in the verse 12, we say, etat gnanam iti proktum. This is what I called is the knowledge. So in the end, he defined the knowledge as adhyatma gnana nityatvam, constant awareness about the self is the knowledge. Constantly aware that I am not this limited being. This limited being is an instrument through which I function. That's the knower. Tattva Jnana Artha Darshanam. These are the two basic definitions of the knower we came across here. Tattva Jnana Artha Darshanam. Why do I really want to know the truth? The goal should be in my mind. Unless I have a goal in mind, I won't have the enthusiasm. It is like if I am working hard all year, I have to have some goal, what I'm going to achieve at the end of the year. Well, when my review comes, maybe my supervisor will recognize that I've been working hard. You need to have a goal, the end game, so that you have enthusiasm to pursue the path. So all these 20 qualities, if I consider as my prerequisites and want to develop, I need to have a goal in mind. And more I have the goal in mind, these qualities by themselves will manifest. Because my goal is now the correct goal. So, etat gnam. This is called knowledge, Bhagavan said. Everything contrary to that is agnanam. Everything contrary to that which I consider to be me is ignorance about my own self. I told you the knowledge yadgnatva amrutam asnute. Having known this knowledge, you will attain immortality. Because the mortality is in reference to this body, this mind, this intellect, as long as I'm not identified with it, those mortalities are not mine. Body's mortality, mind, they're not mine. They are my equipment and they will have its own use. And once the use is complete, 
I will have no use for it. Immortality that I'm beyond this mortal being is immortality. Having known which, you will know that. Anadi mat param brahma nasat nasat iti uchyate. So we want to be immortal. How? In this form. I want to be mortal as Nilbhat. He said, no, that doesn't happen that way. No being can be immortal. As long as you have being, you have a birth and a death. But that immortality is neither a being nor a non-being. It's not that because it's not a being, it has no existence. It's it is neither a being nor not being. It is neither a being because it does not have any qualities of a limited being. Therefore, it's not a being. Can be defined by shape, color, form, need. Therefore, it's not a being. Also, not non-being. It's not non-existent. Non-being is non-existent. It's not non-existent. It exists and therefore it's also not non-being. And then we have seen the verse which says, now I need to know, I know what the knowledge is but what is to be known. That being, neither a being nor a non-being is, who is that? It's a sarvataha panipadam. We have seen this description before in chapter 11 in Virata Swarupa and I see thousands of mouths and thousands of hands and thousands of eyes and thousands of ears. As we have also discussed that in Purusha Shuktam Drigvaida it's a Sahasra Sirasa Purusha Sahasraksha Sahasrapad thousands of hands and thousands of mouths. Once again he repeats that. Sarvataha Panipadam Everywhere the hands and legs. Tat sarvataha akshihi shiramukham. Sarvatam all. All hands and legs are his. All eyes and head and mouth are his. Sarvataha smutimat loke. All the ears are his. Sarvam avrutyatishtati. He remains pervading all. Pervading everywhere. Even though he does not have any qualities, he pervades in all the ears, all the hands, all the mouths, all the heads. Everything that I can think of, he is pervading all. Tarva Indriya Guna Abhasham. It is shining through all the senses. It presence is felt through the senses. When I can see, I know I am alive. When I can hear, I know I am alive. The proof of my existence is it's signing through my senses. As long as my eyes are seeing and my mouth is speaking, people can vouch for it. But yeah, I think he's okay. When it is not, then it's the life is gone. Sarva Indriya Abhasam. He's shining through all the Indriyas. Sarva Indriya Vivarjitam. But he's devoid of all Indriyas. Here comes the conundrum. This is only taught dichotomically because we cannot understand the subtlety of it. We try to explain but we can't explain. Therefore, see, now we have to explain in a dichotomy. Neither it was the night nor was the day. You know, when Hiranyaka sheep was killed, he cannot be killed by a man or a beast. He cannot be killed during the daytime or nighttime. He cannot be killed in the house or outside the house. The Bhagavan has to come in the Nrushya Rupa. Neither is a man nor a beast. You know. He was killed at the evening time. It was neither a day nor a night. 
He was killed on the threshold, neither in the house nor outside. These dichotomies are given in philosophy for a mind to grasp the subtle ideas. So Bhagavan said, he shines through all the senses, every sense that you can imagine in this world, he shines through the life, that sense. But he himself does not have any senses. He does not have any of these limitations of the senses that we experience. Sarvendriya Varjitam, Asaktam, he is unattached. The Bhagwan is constantly watching me. No, 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 Bhagwan is unattached. He is really not involved in your life. Then he is not constantly checking what you are doing. Asaktam, Sarvabhrat, but supporting all. Everything I want to do, even though he is unattached, he is the one who empowers me to do it. I can do everything that I want to do as long as I am alive. Once I am dead, nothing can be done. So, asaktam, unattached, but sarvabhrat. See the contradictions. Nirgunam, he has no qualities. But, guna bhoktrucha, but the enjoyer of all the gunas. He himself has no gunas. He does not experience sukha and dukha. He doesn't experience happiness and unhappiness, joy and sorrows. But only way you can experience is through Him alone. All this I can experience when I'm alive. Even though I want to get out of these limitations, these are only experienced when He is present. So, Nirgunam, even though He does not have any qualities, Guna Bhoktramcha, He is the enjoyer of all the gunas, good, bad, or ugly. In Mahabharata, He that you will be without place roaming for eternity. And somebody says, why did you curse him so badly? I said, I am the one who will be suffering. I, I cursed him because of his actions. But the ultimate sufferer is me, Krishna. Any punishment Krishna gives to somebody is a punishment on himself. Nirgunam, even though I have no gunas, and the guna bhoktrumcha, I am the enjoyer of all the gunas. Bahihi Antahacha. He is outside, he is inside. Our standard example of space. Space is inside the room. Space is also outside the room. That's because the space is the reality. This building came as conditioning to the space. This space was always here. We never imported for Hanover County. It was always in Hendrika County, here, from eternity. We built this building here. And now we have the interior space and exterior space. The same undivided space, I now perceive them as interior space and exterior space. And someday we will say, well, we don't need this building here. You raise this building. Space remains undivided as it was before. So Bhagavan said, Bahihi Antahacha Bhutana. In all the beings is inside and outside. See, traditionally we have learned as children, Bhagavan is within you. That means Bhagavan is not outside. Bhagavan is within you. Bhagavan is all the being. He said, no, no, Bhagavan is within you and also without you. He is outside. When you are not there, he is still there. When this building was not there, space was still here. Bhutanam acharam charam. All the beings, not just the sentient beings who can move, but also acharam. That which I considered matter, which has no life in it. Bhagavan said, it's me alone. I'm inside and outside of both 
the moving and unmoving. That means it covers everything. Once you say moving and unmoving, we in Sanskrit we have some wonderful expressions. You don't have to use too many words to explain. Charam acharam. Sukhmatvat tat avignayam. But we can recognize them. Space cannot be defined. I can define this space only from the conditioning point only. Say, how large is this space? Say, oh yeah, 12 feet wide and 20 feet long and 8 feet high. I'm defining actually the conditioning, not the space. If somebody asks me to define space, there is no way I can define it unless I put... So how about exterior space? It's even there I can only define by the building across the parking lot. There I can say outside space between my building and that building is 400 feet. You remove all the buildings, there is no way to define the space because it's subtle. That which is inside and outside is like a cup made up of ice and immersed in water. What is inside the cup is also water. What is outside the cup is also water. And what cup is made up of is also water. But the form and shape of a cup is not the form and shape of the water. Pani re pani tira ranga kesa jisme milai lage usajesa. Even though the water is no color and shape, I can feel the shape when it is frozen. So even though the Bhagwan does not have any qualities, his qualities are felt when I feel these 20 qualities as the knower and 24 qualities when I see him as the field. Sukhmatvat tat why it is not possible because it is so subtle we can see the bugs moving around in this room because they are gross when it comes to viruses and bacteria we can see them we can very gladly move around then say don't touch this it has so much of the bacteria when you go to the bathroom don't touch the top wash your hand I can see them but I know they are there because somebody magnified an electro microscope and figured out that's what it is. So the self is so subtle, therefore avigna cannot be known. Durastham cha antike chatat. It is so far from me. When I consider me to be this limited being, he is so far from me. Bhagwan is so far from me. Antike chatat. But he is so near. In other words, you can say that Bhagwan cannot be far or near. He's infinite. He cannot move anywhere. There is no far or near for him. If there's a long procession is going and you're at one end of the procession, then you will say, oh, I'm at the beginning of the procession. You're at the end of the procession. I'm at the end of the procession. I'm in the middle of the procession. But the procession itself is all pervading. At the same time, it is far and near. It is far from the person who is looking at it from a distance. It is far and it is near for the person who is looking at it from the near. But for the process in itself, there is no far or near. Wherever it is, that is what it is. So Bhagwan is so far, when I look at myself as a limited being, is very far from me. He does not have any of the qualities that I have. He has no limitations as I have. But when I look at it from my self-perspective, 
is so close to me. His qualities of the self are all qualities of myself. He is immortal, myself is immortal. He is infinite, myself is infinite. So he can only be understood by learning these contradictions. We will stop right here. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukhina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Ma Kaschid Dukkha Bhagbhave Om Shantihi 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 Harihi Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Harihi Om